0: I call that barrier, the bales. B stands for blind spots and biases. A for the assumptions. I for interpretation. And there's your limiting beliefs. And these get in our way of achieving whatever we want to achieve.
1: Urban Jungle brings stories from people around the globe that design and build
0: a better world.
1: I am Magda Flores and this is Urban Jungle. Welcome. Did you know that where we live and how we interact affects our well-being? Yet, when we talk about well-being, we tend to talk about me. Well-being is about we, the community and the environment we live in. It is time to shift the paradigm from me to we check out the urban wellbeing training courses developed in partnership with the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management at www.ciwem.org. This is an interview with Babette Bensuzan, founder and managing director of the MindShifts group that specializes in competitive intelligence. Babette Susan is also a life coach, speaker and author. Babette has received awards in the Australia region and in the USA. Today, we talk about changing our mindset. Babette, it is an honor to have the opportunity to talk to you.
0: Hello. Oh, look, I'm delighted to be with you and to discuss one of my favorite topics that I can talk about underwater. So...
1: <laughs> awesome, we need you. We need you all the time.
0: Thank you. And as you know, to break
1: the ice, Would you like to share a place you like to visit near where you live?
0: That's a really hard question because I live in the place I want to visit. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Not many manage. Yeah, I live on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. So it's an hour north of Brisbane. It has some of the most beautiful beaches. It's a regional area and they grow the most fabulous food here as well you know it's a pineapple region um what can you ask for the food is outstanding it's a regional area there's only a population of about nearly three hundred thousand in the region so it's just fresh air you know <laughs> i come from sydney
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i now have absolutely no excuse postpone and postpone going to australia i think i'm gonna set my mindset and say and i need your help to say what do i need to do to say in two years time i will not interfere with myself and say i'm gonna go for it okay so i've got some questions what do you think is getting in your way Ah, I am very good at saying I'm busy. You know, I've been to a three-month walk from Canterbury to Rome. Yes. So now I'm thinking, well, this year I'm doing the other side of the boot. I'm doing the south part. So I'm going from Rome. The idea was to go to Istanbul, but I haven't got enough time. So I'll only do a third of the walk. So just the Italian part to this very south. Yeah. And then next year, there's another thing. And um, for the winter, I might be going to Puerto Vallarta. And then that's a
0: that's two years gone. That's it. So therefore, you won't be able to make it to Australia in the next two years. But would it be possible for you to make it to Australia in the next five years? I then have to work hard. So it sounds to me like I'm beginning
1: to get tasked here. <laughs> I would put a date. Yeah. Yes, yes, within the next five years. And then work very hard in order to There are lots of walks. <laughs> there
0: are lots of walks in Australia. Let
1: me assure you. I think you. in Australia is the other way around. Uh, trying to be very selective and making very short walks because otherwise I could
0: definitely spend a lifetime walking there. Oh, it, that's possible. I mean, it's a huge country. It's as big as the United States with only a population of about 25, 26 million. They're mainly, the population is mainly on the coastal areas and it, it's just got so much variety and so much beauty. Um, anyway, so that's why I live here. I'm living in the place where I want to live. You
1: have lived in Sydney, as you mentioned, and in other parts of Australia, but in other places. So how do you think living in these places actually shaped you? Tell us a little bit about
0: Morocco and the other exciting places. So firstly, I was born in Casablanca, Morocco. Um, And then when I was 11, my father, who was a professor, decided to take us all out of school And we did a year traveling Europe. So we had three months in Italy, three months in France, three months in Spain. And so we were able to pick up languages differently and quickly. Coming from a French background, I was used to speaking English and French at home anyway. Different cultures, different foods that helped me. And then I lived in Zurich in Switzerland for a year, went to school there for German. And then I've lived in Los Angeles for two years, um, working for the Trade Commission there. And I've always traveled. Every year I've gone somewhere. So, you know, and I'm still traveling. We're off in three weeks to Israel and again to visit Morocco. And we're going to stay in Singapore as well. Different cultures. I'm very fluid in that area
1: how did you come
0: about setting up the mind shifts group to be honest as a woman i knew when i was doing my mba that there was no way i'd make it to the top there'd always be something in the way unless i got a mentor and they were few and far between an honest mentor and so uh when i was doing my mba i realized if i didn't start up my own business I'd never create the long-term career path that I wanted, which was to be a recognized expert. And when I was doing my MBA, I thought, okay, let me start my own business. So I started my own business. Right. I have to say the corporate finance professor said that I was stupid to do so while I was doing an MBA and in a recession, mind you. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No. And we did it. We did the the MindShifts group as an entrepreneurial uh, startup in the MBA as, a, as an idea. And the professor only gave us a B because he didn't think that the name MindShifts was that good. He didn't think that we were able to differentiate. But guess what? Ten years later, he apologized. Awesome.
1: What mindset did you have at that moment in time oh. to be able to go
0: against the waves? I think my travels and the different cultures and everything gave me a much more open mindset. Always have been fascinated with strategy and competition and particularly then competitive intelligence. So I was passionate about it. And so it was quite easy to set up a business. And then, you know, I started, I spoke to people I knew, I referred, there were referrals, And, you know, within three months, I was making money. So, you know, I I broke even. I gave myself six months that if it didn't work within six months, I'd go back and get work and I'd put the idea aside. Well, here we are 30 years later. What
1: is fantastic is that there were barriers and we all face barriers, but you went over them, under them, around them, through them. You, you, you had this positive attitude to go through. And some of us may have a positive attitude, but that might not be enough. Look,
0: I hear what you're saying. Having a positive attitude in all honesty is 95% of your hurdle. Because if you think you're not going to succeed, then you're dead right. But if you're going to give it a go, And no matter what, overcome the obstacles. Because there were people that objected. You know, as I said, my professor in my MBA of corporate finance said, what a crazy thing to do in the middle of a recession. Set up your own business. You know, people were being retrenched. There was a whole lot of issues then. And this was in 1992. Wow. 30 years later, I'm still running. But it's not just the positive mindset. It's it's a positive mindset with a determination. Okay, I'll give you a a big tip that really helped me. The first thing I did was I had a vision of what I wanted to be. I wanted the MindShifts group to be a small boutique consultancy specializing in strategy and competitive intelligence in the Australian market. So I'd set the framework. And then I said I wanted us to be renowned experts in our field. So then I said, okay, from a marketing perspective, what do renowned experts do? They write, they speak. But before you write and speak, you must be informed. So I spent time reading. I went to the US to conferences to learn. I did all the things I had to do. It's called positive attitude with determination. (laughs) It
1: must border a little bit on stubbornness. We need a, a drop of stubbornness
0: Uh, Yeah, it is a little drop of stubbornness. I call it determination. That's much better. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but you have to have a plan. And I had a plan. I knew exactly what I wanted to come across as. So when I went to develop the logo, when I went to speak to people, I knew what my positioning was. So it was easy. If you say, look, I want to go into business consulting, but you're not sure how you want to come across If you don't have that vision and that clarity, then it doesn't matter what you come across. You'll be one of the mess. You know, you won't distinguish yourself or differentiate yourself from everybody out there. So why should one company work with you and not another?
1: And what about the network? Do you develop some kind of network around you?
0: Big network. I had a huge network and I networked my guts out. I joined different associations because you have to market. You're a nobody, you know, when you start. So there were three things, you know, the networking was key, learning your discipline and the subject matter, key. So I went to where the world's best were, and that was America. So I went to conferences for three years, every year, before i started writing i was um like a depository of information so i'd read a fabulous article from a expert strategist and i put it in my newsletter and i'd say read this article i wanted to share it with you so that was part of my marketing to stay in touch with people as well you just don't meet them at a network and then never speak to them you grab the card you put it on your database and you send them out newsletters
1: That's a a very, very important point. And with that, you were talking about competitive intelligence. What exactly do you refer to competitive intelligence there?
0: So competitive intelligence is simply the principle or the process of understanding the competitive environment in which you compete. So it's about gathering the information, analysing it in order to derive insights to help you achieve your organization's goals, okay? People say if they don't know what's happening to them, whenever I have a client that doesn't know what's happening with them, I know that they're looking inwards. But, you know, Magda, I'll give you one key thing I've always told everybody. You grow your revenues outside of your business. You don't grow revenues from within, okay? So if you don't understand how to grow your revenues, fine. Then, you know, you won't be very long in that job as a CEO or on a board because the company won't exist for very long. It's a fact, you know. And and look, a lot of executives and a lot of boards will say when they come on board, oh, we've got to cut costs. We've got to increase our profit, bottom line. And the best way to cut costs for your bottom line is to get rid of headcount. Now, with due respect, and I'll say this, and you can quote me, that is the dumbest, dumbest strategy a company can take because you're losing a lot of knowledge, number one. Number two, it's telling me you're not innovating and looking at what's happening in your marketplace. Look, hotels, hotels, where were they when Airbnb Airbnb didn't appear within 24 hours they had to hire people they had to sign contracts they had to have things in place right so what were hotels doing that was innovative that could block airbnb i don't know any uber what were taxi companies doing uber didn't come in 24 hours it takes months elon musk with the electric car didn't happen overnight Nothing happens overnight. A new drug doesn't happen overnight. Even the COVID vaccine took three months. For goodness sake, what are companies doing to grow their revenue? Yeah, I'm on my hobby horse, sorry. Well, they
1: sit on their hands for a long, long time. And then they retrench people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now, for example, with all the artificial intelligence, the open AI, there is an ability to investigate and do certainly preliminary research which might be biased of course it might be but now lots of people can get on to understanding things much quicker
0: I agree I agree and it's easy to learn what AI and people are using AI for the most amazing reasons so someone I was speaking to the other day used AI like what do you give to twins for their first birthday and they asked chat GPT and the ideas were fabulous. You know, you'd be surprised what you. So it's not just business; it's personal stuff, you know, and gifts, and you know, how do you write a a sympathy card? You know, you want to write a sympathy card? You ask Chat GPT, and you just reword it to your thing, and for work-wise as well. However, Chat GPT and the AI will only be able to do stuff that's published. So in the past, yeah that it's been published or it's been on the internet. To really understand innovation and where the future is going, you need to do a little bit more than that. You need to be speaking to people as well to see what their thoughts are. But, yeah, there there is a lot. I mean, if you're accessing Twitter and Facebook and social media, you are getting some of the soft human aspects of where things are going. But it's just fascinating. It really is fascinating.
1: It's trying to get rid of the rubbish and trying to sieve out a little thing that might be somehow relevant, a
0: thread, probably. But you're right. But that will thread or that relevance will only occur, will only occur if you're thinking a vision down that path. If you're not looking at innovation. If you're not looking at opportunities in your line of business, then, yeah, what are you going to look for? How will that snippet, that piece of interest and and information come up? How will you pick it? Because you're not. You'll be no more than gossip. Correct. Correct. Well, you won't even see it. You won't even mm. see it because you have no direction. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Are you looking, you know, you're saying instead of, let's say you're looking for a needle in a haystack and you're saying, now, where is that ruler? Well, hold on. You weren't looking for a ruler. You're looking for, you haven't defined the problem properly. And that's an issue always.
1: And do you think that's why 1% of us actually follow our dreams? Is going back to this vision that you were talking about to not being able to define what we want? That's the reason people don't
0: make their dreams a reality. I would agree. I think people wish for certain things. And sometimes I often think they wish for the wrong thing. I have people who, let's say, I'll give an example. So one person I'm coaching right now is wishing to achieve great sales, be a great salesperson. But they're having difficulty. And the reason is because they don't want to really be a great salesperson. They want to be a life coach.
1: Oh, my. So they will be putting in all this effort for something that at the end of the day, maybe 10 years later or 30 years later, they realize, oh, that's not what I wanted at the beginning anyway. Bigger. That is just so shocking
0: and sad. It's a waste of time. Good. You got it. A lot of people do that with their business. A lot of people do that with their jobs. You know, I want to get on boards. Well, do you really want the problems of governance and everything? Is that what you really, really want? Well, I really would like to paint or go on walks and hikes. Okay.
1: We do not understand how our mind works. The fact that we don't have the ability to think because there's a barrier that is much
0: more profound there. Correct. And for me, I call that barrier the bales. B-A-I-L. And because we've got many, I put a little S on it. Okay, Bales. And Bales stands for this. B stands for blind spots and biases. We all, irrespective of who we are, shape, size, whatever, we have biases and we have blind spots. A stands for the assumptions we make about the world around us and about our own abilities. I stands for interpretation. Now, what I mean by an interpretation, let's say your boss walks past you and has this dreadful look on his face and you go, my God, what have I done? Now, you've interpreted your boss's face because in light of what you believe that you've done something wrong in but he may have had uh, bad news that morning or his wife might have said i want to divorce you or his child may have been sick during the night and he's in hospital and he's got things he hasn't told you anything the poor man just walked past but you're already saying oh my god what have i done you know how could i have done this that's interpretations the last one is the l and that is your limiting beliefs. And your limiting beliefs are things like, I can't do this. An assumption is, I'm not good enough. But a limiting belief is, I can't do this. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. It limits you from achieving what you can achieve. An assumption is, you know, you're thinking around things you can't do or who you are or around the world you know the world is not fair well exactly the world isn't fair who said it had to be fair to you you know it's not fair so get over it and move forward don't dwell in it and blind spots and biases is you know that we all have but I also tend to also call my biases and blind spots the gremlin it's the little voice that sits on your shoulder and says don't do that you'll make a mistake or you hear your mother's voice or you hear your father's voice saying be careful don't go there you know these are the voices that you know that are the gremlins that stop you getting deeper into where you want to go so when you talk about the mindset The mindset is made up of the bales or the gales, whichever word you want to use. And these get in our way of achieving whatever we want to achieve. Even
1: if someone has the right bales, we are not in isolation. And there might be other people around us that may have these bales. How do
0: we push them out of the way? You don't want to push people out because you never know why they're in your life or you know, what they're there to teach you in some way. Always, always, when it comes to other people, be curious. But the first step is, listen. You are given two ears, but one mouth. Listen. Okay, that's so important. Listen to what people. And then be curious. Ask questions. So what made you say that? Oh, that's interesting. How did that make you feel? I saw that you were really rude with that person. Are you feeling hurt? Ask questions. Be curious. But above all, listen. You know, Magda, we tend to speak in order to reply as opposed to listen. So it's very important that we learn. And the other thing that I've also said to a couple of people is what are your values? Because your values is not to push other people away. It may be to be honest, to have integrity. Um, I don't know what, you know, family could be a value. If you don't understand what your values are, then you have a problem with your bales. And then you have a problem with listening. So, but look, if any of your listeners would like a values sheet to work out what their key values are, please, they're welcome to go to the website mindshifts.com.au and have a look and send me a note and I'll send them the values sheet that they can try and work on their values. I tell you what, I have a few people that I would like to distribute that
1: to. And that would be really, really insightful.
0: We are amazing humans. We can achieve the amazing, most amazing things. But we do sabotage ourselves really well. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think the key things to summarize. Be very clear where you want to go in the next three to five years of your life. That's number one. Number two, look at the bales that you may have. Try to understand them and look at your values and how they impact and and live by your values. Don't don't suppress your values and then listen first, be curious and ask questions.
1: Absolutely awesome. What's next for Babette de
0: Well, let me say also, it's interesting, I was just thinking as you asked the question that It also works for competitive intelligence, you know, going back to the subject of strategy and competition. Understand where you want to go, look at the blind spots of the organization, listen to what's happening in the marketplace, ask questions, and then you can move. So, you know, it works for both, whether it's people or organizations. And that's why I love the topic of decision making. And so for the next three years, five years, I want to become known as, you know, renowned as the decision-making maverick, working with people and organizations around decision-making. I love it. If any listeners want to get into coaching or would like some coaching, I offer a complimentary session, mindshifts.com.au. Thank you very much. If I can help in any way, I'm more than happy to. This
1: is Urban Jungle with your host, Magda Flores. Thanks for joining, and if there is a topic or people you would like to hear from, all you have to do is drop me a line. My email address is urbanwsolutions at gmail.com. Urban environments need your help. Be part of the solution. Check out our training courses on urban well developed in partnership with SIWEM, the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management, at www.siwem.org.